Hello and welcome to The High Ground. Today we are talking uh, Clone Wars Seasons 1 and 2. Since we got the Bad Batch coming up, I'm excited, so I'm going to start uh, hitting the seasons. Last time I tried to talk about Clone Wars, I talked about all of it. It was way too much. Uh, it was like a three and a half hour, and like, and we continue talking for an hour afterwards, so try not to do that. But uh, yes, Clone Wars Season 1 and 2 right here on The High Ground Podcast. And I clicked on the wrong scene again. I did that last time, too. Anyways, hello. Uh, <laughs> thank you guys for joining me here on the High Ground um, podcast. Uh, I'm excited. I have three brand new guests. Um, and, yeah, I'm excited to talk Clone Wars. Uh, let's start by going around first. And I will introduce, uh, I'll have you guys introduce yourselves. And, you know, let's know who you are, where we can find you. And... Why Why do you love Star Wars? I know it's more generic of a question, but uh, I, I gotta ask. Uh, let's actually add a caveat. Uh, where would you live in Star Wars? Uh, what What planet would you live on? All right, I'm gonna go to uh, to Quentin first. All right. Um, hi everyone. My name is Quentin. Uh, you can find me on TikTok and YouTube at Kanan Fesk. Um, and if I had to choose a planet to live on, it'd probably be Lothal. Lothal, good choice, good choice. Uh, but also, why why do you love Star Wars? Oh, um, I love Star Wars for the amazing friends I've made from it. Um, obviously, there's Chaco, um, there's Element, there's a lot of names I can name, uh, and then also um, just the community. Like, yes, there's some toxic fans, but there's also a lot of nicer fans, and they just make. Like their opinions make it so much better to watch Star Wars because I can watch it from their perspective and I can also watch it from mine. Yeah, I agree with that a hundred percent. It's it's funny because I feel like kind of the more toxic side wants everyone to have the same exact opinion, but, <laughs> but everyone else has this like it's a whole vibrant like a cornucopia and it's makes it really interesting to talk to you guys. That's why I do the podcast. Um, but uh, how about you, Harith? You can mainly find me on Harris Productions at TikTok and on Twitter, mostly at Harris Edits. And I would say why I love Star Wars. I guess like everyone else, I was just introduced at a young age. My dad bought me in front of the TV with the 2006 special edition DVDs, and I've been a fan ever since. And I guess it's just the fan base that's loves to push me along. Oh, awesome! I love it. And which uh, which planet would you live on? I guess I'll go with Yavin Four. I know it's kind of a unique answer because I guess the 2003 Clone Wars battle scene with Anakin and Ventress. Oh, yeah. I always just like that duel. <laughs> that, that's a, a, a badass scene. Um, rip Ventress. <laughs> but, but yeah. Uh, and, and how about you, Julia? Um, hi, I'm uh, Julia Christine 77 at TikTok. Um, I, I check every once in a while to see if whoever is just Julia Christine has given up that title. But as for now, I'm still going to have those numbers at the end until we the endless battle ends. Um, and I, you know, why I love Star Wars? It's a it's a great question. I don't think I ever really had a choice. I was <laughs> born a nerd, and then it was just the prequels came out, and it was like here we go. Um, but I have been a fan pretty much since childhood, so it's been really fun to get back into it. Um, 
trying to think of a planet I want to live on, and immediately everything comes to my mind of like all the terrible things that have happened there. Um, so if we're just going by like climate and aesthetic, I would say Naboo. Okay, okay, which is it's a, a solid answer. Uh, I would probably also live on Naboo myself. Um, <laughs> it just uh, seems really nice, and they are just super oriented around like the arts. I'm not a big politics guy, but uh, also they aren't dicks over there uh, for for the most part. I mean, Palpatine comes from there, and he's like king dick but uh you you guys know what i mean um awesome okay well let's jump into it because uh season one and two of the clone wars i know a lot of people will talk about how the the animation was rough and uh, a lot of people had a hard time getting into the clone wars i did at first as well i didn't watch it for years when it first came out um (laughs) which is funny because i couldn't watch it because of I didn't like the animation. I thought everyone was like too tall, skinny, and angular. Uh, it's funny I, to hear that same complaint lobbied about uh, about Rebels now. Um, but jumping into it, I, I gotta ask, like, what what are your guys' favorite um, arcs or or specific episodes? Because as I'm going back, we'll start with season one. As I'm going back through it. Um, Man, I thought I remembered season one or two being slow, but there's some bangers in, in this list, you know? Uh, I'm going to start with uh, with Harith. Yeah, I'm going to be a little bit different with my season one rankings. I'm going to not go with the core, like, arcs. So my favorites are Rookies, The Hidden Enemy, Hostage Crisis, Dooku Captured, and Leia Grievous. Okay, and, uh, I mean, let's let's just jump into to why. Like, with, with your top two, let's, let's kind of... I'll, I'll talk about and by the way this could be like a full discussion so you guys you guys can also feel free to jump in as well but we'll start with uh with Harith. like if you were talking about your top two favorite uh what is it that you see and why well like rookies was the first ever episode that like sold me on the clones like like personality and like differences because if you watch the prequels back you don't really get that with the clones. They're just kind of like the ultimate common fodder in those films. So when you're watching rookies, you're like, oh my God, these are actually individual people with actual individual goals and purposes. So when you're watching that episode as a whole, you just instantly like believe everything about the clones. And also Rex is just a total badass about the entire episode. <laughs> and then for the hidden enemy, same purposes. I really like how they explore the idea that all the clones don't really see eye to eye that they are willing to fight for another cause because they really fall out of the order with the Republic. So those are my favorite reasons for those two episodes in particular. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's because they, I mean, they don't have any personalities in the, in the films, uh, but judging by your background uh, specifically, yeah, clones are definitely awesome. And, finding out more about how they work how you're right they're not the exact same people they all have different personalities attributes um even in the very first episode of clone wars you know yoda says that they look different in the force to them good at different things yeah i i, I love those those arcs uh how about you julia so for season one it was interesting because i like lots of people i think didn't go back and watch season one until after i had already watched at that point seasons two through 
what had been sort of released at that point. So going back and watching it for the first time, I don't think I, it's hard to see it. It is probably a difficult place to start, but where I started, it was, I was already committed, you know, to the show and to the characters. And so it's a little clunky animation wise, but if you're already into it, going back and, and starting with season one is, is not so difficult. Um, I actually am really quite fond of Rising Malevolence as an episode, only if just because we get to have Plo Koon's delivery of the line that, you know, the clones saying that they're meant to be expendable and he says not to me. And I'm like, this is perfect. Like, I don't know what else you could possibly give me. Like, I'm in. And so I think that's what that's one of the first episodes. And to get that as a thesis statement in terms of how he sees them and the idea that they see themselves that way, I think is just a really interesting idea to put out there so early. Um, so in terms of, you know, episodes that really get me excited, but then I also like uh, Ryloth only because you get Obi-Wan has to babysit for a while. And I think that's hilarious. Um, <laughs> but in terms of legitimate, you know, enjoyment in terms of ideas and things, I, I do love that little exchange and getting to see, you know, Ahsoka, terms of figuring out what kind of person or what kind of Jedi she's going to be. And yeah, I just, I think it's actually a pretty good introduction as an episode, even though it's not the first one, but it's fairly, fairly uh, close to the beginning. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's the first, it's the first arc that we ever get to see. Um, and with rising malevolence, we, we get this whole, we get the sense of how it also frames how, how badass Anakin is. And like, uh, yeah, when, when they're trying to like go up against it, and um, Anakin can make it, but they're like, not everyone else. You're the only one that can do this stuff, man. Like, you gotta <laughs> gotta throw us a bone here. Yeah, I I do love that stuff. Um, and uh, what about you, Quentin? Um, so I'm gonna have to go with rookies at one because it shows us like. So this is something that I thought the prequels didn't do a great job of, and I know this is a later question, but um, probably because um, just we don't we don't see much of like the emotions of the clones in the prequels. As for Clone Wars, we actually get like whole character arcs from each one. So obviously, rookies is going to take number one for me there uh, because we get to see the true emotions, as Harris said, and you get to like see how they might not all agree, but even though they look the same, um, there's more inside, as Yoda once said in the first episode, actually, and to my second, you know, arc. I'm gonna have to take the first three episodes. So the ones, uh, the first episode with Yoda and the clones, mm-hmm. uh, and then the ones with Plo Koon, uh, because obviously both Jedi's don't believe that um, the clones are expandable and. Uh, yeah, I just like that because I'm like – because in the prequels, they made it seem like, oh, these guys are expandable. We can just give you guys more. But, you know, Clone Wars, we see that, oh, they're not that – like, obviously, they can be expandable. But, you know, the Jedi see more in them. Yeah, I I, I, I actually hope that in the Bad Batch, we get, like, some clones rights um, activation because I think that would be interesting because um, – yeah, in in the the new book that just came out, Clone Wars: Stories of Light and Dark, uh, it's it tells that first story ambush, but from Yoda's perspective, and how 
in the forest, the minds of all the clones remind him of younglings at the temple because they are all literally children still. Um, it's it's kind of and how and he also talks about how back on Coruscant there's some debate over what to classify the clones as are they are they people or not is it you know and I I know I think that might that'd be something super interesting to really expand on in like um overall and I want to do some uh, shout outs for the for the chat here because we have some awesome people, Porter Crivia. Um, ho- hopefully that's like a reference to Porter Angle. I don't know, maybe. Uh, <laughs> Ballast Hockey, Mentally Ill Sith Lord is here. Core Gamer Skills, Element 7, Brian with the Beard. Um, DePaul, Crypto, Cad Bane, Ladu. Uh, man, we got a good crowd out here. Quivs, Ace Astra, um... I thought I saw Brooke in here earlier, but I, I don't see her right now. But, uh, yeah, and we're looking right now. It looks like a lot of people really enjoy the, the Rookie's arc, uh, like I, I do myself. Um, Element 7 brings up uh, Jedi Crash and the Ryloth arc, which are also great. Um, and then uh, Rex is the Goat, which is obviously very, very, very true. Uh, I'm surprised though that no one mentioned Bombad Jedi. You know, I mean, I feel like uh, I feel like that's that's aces. You know, um, <laughs> I, I I'm curious. You know, with you guys, how about let's actually do like what what is the who are the standout characters of this first season though? Um, who pops at you? We can just kind of discuss this. I mean, I. I guess Anakin, if that makes sense, like in terms of actually getting to care about him as a character beyond, you know, what we sort of thought we knew. That was the thing that really uh, took me in was expanding on his character. And then um, the other Jedi getting just to spend more time with these characters in general. Um, But yeah, I really was where I grew a sort of appreciation for Anakin as a character was through the Clone Wars. So for me, that was a really exciting. I know you kind of something I'm sure we'll talk about later is how they sort of change our view of the prequels. Um, but I do very much enjoy getting to see his character expanded upon. Um, and then obviously intro- introducing, you know, a character like Ahsoka. And I already mentioned Plo Koon earlier, but um, those would be my kind of go-tos, I suppose. Awesome. Love it. How about you guys? Um, I'm going to have to go Ahsoka, Jar Jar, Rex, and I guess Anakin too. All right. I mean, they, they just all stand out for me. Okay. Love it. And uh, Harith? I gotta go Rex, Anakin, Locoon, Heavy, and Commander Cody. Yeah, I especially love Heavy. Um, and yeah. Heavy, heavy is my dude. Uh, I forgot about heavy. <laughs> you know, something though that no one no one mentioned that kind of surprised me is um, is we also got um, in this season we found out more about Grievous, right? The the layer of Grievous, uh, and I I love seeing that uh, that fight. I mean, we we also we meet um, 
Kit Fisto's uh, Padawan uh, being a little brat, but we get to kind of like contextualize them and see Kit Fisto being a badass for a little bit. But I, I did love seeing um, Grievous be injured, and we get to see the statues and kind of the evolution of how he became Grievous. Um, also, how do you guys feel about Goldie? I could not stand Goldie the entire time. <laughs> now, yes, I get like she was against the uh, Jedi Order, but it sometimes bothers me when jo- when droids just go like rogue and don't like follow directions. It's just something about that that bothers me. But it's like, how does uh, an astromech droid have its own agenda? I don't. It's just it's just weird. Exactly about, like that. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Go ahead. Uh, that's kind of what bothered me. Like, I don't know how many people actually saw Resistance, but some of the droids in Resistance bothered me for that exact same reason. Like, they would refuse to follow orders and just go rogue. <laughs> Talking about, you know, clone rights, I mean, droid rights in terms of if it has its own agenda. I mean, it's it seems like how are they designed? I mean, that's something that in terms of things I would like to know more about the creation of the droid as like a as an ai as a creature early in the days of you know the universe would be fascinating because to the extent that they have their own personalities and there can be apparently just evil droids like how did that happen like they were created by other sentient beings and now we've ended up ended up here um so i think that's really fascinating but yeah goldie i i mean i find it hilarious but i do understand goldie is is incredibly annoying but i i think annoying in a in a amusing way obviously this idea that we're getting a foil for r2 and like (laughs) showing well showing how special r2 is which i think is is really kind of nice to get a sense of like how special this droid is in comparison to like you you know the same you know another astromech i think that's really fun also that's one of the best droid fights in my opinion (laughs) when they're fighting on the little catwalk (laughs) and just like bumping each other it was just uh i don't know it reminds me of the, the robot like fighting league with the little axes and stuff on them. Um, ooh, did not mean to do that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I always, I don't know, it just, for some reason, Goldie just makes me happy just because of what a weird, you know, just like Core Gamer Skills says in here, R2, R2 has its own agenda. R2 disobe- uh, disobeys everyone all of the time. But that was part of what was cool, though, is seeing how if you do not wipe them these droids do start to develop their own personality because of what they find to be more effective or more efficient or you know how its uh experience alters what they do i I do find that really interesting myself yeah and we get to see so much of the droids i mean the malevolence arc and this droid army and they i mean even they have personalities and you know it's it's really it's interesting to me that with that and the, and the clones, they don't shy away from sort of diving into those issues, even though like, this is a show for children and it's our first season and are the clones people. And you're like, um, okay, like, I guess we're doing this right now, which is, which is great. I think it's really, uh, yeah. And the fight on the, the catwalk to me, it's like, that's just a child's with their toys being like, wouldn't it be fun if, and then like, you know, playing kind of seeing what that would look like. 
Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, and then uh, James O'Connell in, in the chat asked about if I'm going to be doing another uh, stream where people can be jump, can jump off. Yes, I will be doing one soon. Um, I have not decided exactly when uh, or if I'm going to do it just blank or with like a specific topic in mind. But um, I will be doing one soon and hopefully you can join uh, the my, my public Discord server. Um where would you find a link? Huh. I don't know where the link is. <laughs> it's in my TikTok bio. Um, but yeah, it'll be in my link tree. I, I should... Um, if anyone in the chat can send... Uh, can put a link in, in the chat to the public Discord, that would be awesome. I would appreciate it. Um, but yeah, yeah. moving forward. All right. What, if anything, would you take out? What do, do we not need in this? Or is it... N nothing is egregious enough <laughs> to, to warrant that. So I'd like to start with this, and it's not one thing I'd take out, but one thing I wish they didn't take out. Now, I will add my what they did take uh, what I wish they did take out. But um, one thing I wish they didn't take out was the emotions from the droids. Season one and two had the best emotions from droids. I saw droids talking and droids making jokes. That was the best thing I've ever seen. But uh, one thing I did wish they got rid of. Um, uh probably i would have just fixed the animations but obviously you know it was a while ago so i don't expect that from you know yeah yeah it, it could use some definitely use some cleanup i, I agree <laughs> but also you're right too uh i think it, the droids talking may have been too much for some people but i really like the concept of um it's problematic to have them all controlled by one control ship that can be shut down and everything powers down. So they all have their own programming so that they can make decisions independent of that. And you can like use both. Um, yeah. What, what about you, Harith? If I was given the editor scissors, I would most likely cut out that droid arc. I'm sorry. Goldie needs to go. <laughs> he needs to go. <laughs> and then I would say the, the episode where like the virus spreads with the blue shadow virus. That was such a weird episode. <laughs> they do it better in season two. <laughs> they're, like, they're like, oh, here's a blue shadow virus. We're going to pick the characters that we all know that aren't going to die because they're in Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> so, it's like, so you're just watching this going, oh, okay, so they're clearly going to get out of the situation. And, and Anakin's like freaked out. You're just like, Anakin, it's going to be fine. <laughs> it, uh, it, it, is, it is true. Um, I will say... Uh, Dr. Nuvo uh, Bendy. Was it Nuvo Bendy? Vendy? Nuvo Vendy. I believe is the first uh, character in Star Wars with glasses. I think he was the he first. I'm, I'm just saying, like, I don't know. I feel like you guys can get corrective <laughs> that, surgery in Star Wars. but Yeah, yeah that, raises, that raises more questions than... I don't know that I'm ready to <laughs> understand what that means. Uh, I mean, it, yeah. I feel like in in the uh, in the creation room they were like, "Yeah, he's a scientist, which means he's nerdy, <laughs> which means we'll give him glasses, right? Like that's how you know." Um, Darko, uh, Brian with the beard said, "Element deserves a raise," and I agree. <laughs> Element d does deserve a raise, but he's already better and more successful at this than <laughs> I am. So I don't know how, <laughs> but I, I do appreciate everything he does. <laughs> uh, 
Um, Pep is Pep is the goat. Uh, also got Star Wars lawyer in here jumping in, and um, also my buddy Isaac Church, who's actually just rewatching uh, this uh, Clone Wars right now. Maybe I maybe I'll uh, grab him on here for for season three to get get his thoughts. Um, but uh, what about you, Julia? Well, what are you what are you taking out? What's getting the axe? I I don't know in terms of cutting things, although I don't because I don't know if anybody wants to discuss the the order thing. I guess I would be more interested in in reorganizing in general, um, in terms of how it starts and sort of which episodes they chose to start the series with, and then versus chronologically. Um, and I just think that's a really interesting. I just want to know. I, I you guys might know why you know, they sort of decided to release them and, you know, organize them the way they did, because I know so many people who watch it chronologically. Um, and if you're looking at the like list and going through it in order, you're just like, I, you know, eventually it starts to make sense. But so that would be my thing I would do is sort of sit down and like reorganize them into more reasonable um, timelines, I suppose, as opposed to cutting anything outright. Um, if I had to choose to really change something. So yeah, I'd be curious if anybody actually does know kind of why they decided to do it that way. Um, whether it was because it's animation and it is more episodic as opposed to something like The Mandalorian. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I find that very curious. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Because I mean, as you guys know, like once you hit like season three, it starts going in chronological order. Um, I don't know why they jumped around like this, but... I don't know. Maybe they really, really wanted it to be more um, anthology, and so they broke <laughs> broke it up, hoping we wouldn't notice. <laughs> um, I I don't know. And then uh, before we you know move over to season two, I I also have to say one of my absolute favorite moments is you know when we get the context of how powerful Ventress is, at least here in the beginning when. Yoda just clowns her. He's like, oh, you're powerful in the force. Turns off her lightsabers, pulls them, <laughs> but not, but not that powerful. <laughs> like you, yeah, nice, nice try. Uh, I, I don't know that, that just plays in my head all the time. Plus we got the introduction of Cad Bane at the very end. Um, yeah. Cad Bane is a Fallout New Vegas character that somehow wandered into Star Wars. And I love that for him. <laughs> And I was going to say about the Ventress thing, is that technically the first time we ever seen someone use the Force Hold? Because I was like, I was like, wait a minute, this is the first time canonly like we've seen someone like hold somebody with the Force. Because I was thinking back to Force Awakens with the blaster scene. I was like, I'm like, yo, the hell there with the Force, like Kylo Ren. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think I think this was more like um, when Kylo Ren and Rey kind of did that to each other in Rise of Skywalker. Uh, rather than like the freeze mechanic type thing, but uh, yeah, I, it's just it's just it's such a cool moment. Also, that planet in the first episode, uh, some of the design choices just blow my mind for the show. How they even give history to these things that are never going to be explained. That first planet, like all those are big coral reefs, <laughs> meaning that this was a huge aquatic planet at one point in history, and all of the water has evaporated and dried up, leaving this very unique landscape. I think just having touches like that is just really fascinating, and I don't know I just I really enjoy it myself. 
Uh, I like how uh, Brian with a beard does point out that Dr. Nouveau Vindy probably wears glasses because it's a style choice. He's just a hipster or something like that. Like he was, he was a barista before getting his degree. Um, and he's just, just still rocking it. I don't know. We'll see. Would that be the equivalent? I'm thinking of like what the equivalent would be. I wonder when the last time someone would need corrective lenses would be in the Star Wars universe and like how long of a time period that is. And then like what the version for, for us would be style wise. Like, would it be like a, like a monocle or is it like a you know, like Renaissance neck rough? Like I'm thinking, what if we started bringing back like ancient fashions? I think that would be fun to imagine. It's like a thousand year old fashion choice that's being brought back. Everybody's wearing glasses now, even though no one's needed them in forever. Yeah. It'd be like if I showed up wearing one of the powdered wigs, uh, yeah. you know, like I think, exactly. although I, I might do, uh, Hey, 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 uh, you guys know Mace, Mace L. Windu or Mace R. Windu pirate fashion is, is, is back in style, you know? So, uh, I, I feel like that's probably roughly equivalent. I don't know. Like how Yoda has a resting troll face. I like it. Um, all right. How about uh, all right, let's jump into to season two. Um, so essentially the same question I, I got to ask. This time I will start with Julia. Um, what episodes or arcs jump out at you? Hmm. I don't, I guess I'm not sure. Um, no, um, <laughs> the, uh, I, you're going to have to hold me back. Uh, the, the Mandalore, the Mandalore plot, getting to go to Mandalore, obviously meeting, meeting Duchess Satine, seeing the relationship with Obi-Wan, that whole thing is like the reason I am on TikTok. So, um, I absolutely love the design of the planet of Mandalore. T- speaking about design, they're like square bush tree things that they have and like, uh, just it's such a especially because at that point, what did we know canonically about Mandalore and sort of who the Mandalorians were and introducing us into this story where we have a pacifist leader of this planet and uh, this whole system and um, absolutely fascinating. And Obi-Wan and Satine are like my ultimate Star Wars pairing. So I I, I could give you two, but I'm I really honestly, that's that's the I mean, that's why what, what I'm here to discuss. So <laughs> absolutely. Um, and I don't even remember if there was a second part to that question. Well, I mean, uh, but what, what, what is it about the, I mean, feel free to elaborate. Sure. Um, so I think, I mean, I could talk about this forever, but I think there's so much that Anakin needs from Obi-Wan in terms of understanding. And people always talk about how he should have gone to Obi-Wan instead of Yoda in, in Revenge of the Sith in terms of finding someone to confide in and there's a huge mistake um there and i just there's this sense of regret in knowing because you see anakin in voyage of temptation wanting so badly to connect to obi-wan over this because he's like wait like you have been in this situation where you had someone that you loved um and obi-wan shuts it down and they, they don't make that connection and i just can't help but thinking of what would happen if they did so there's that angle and then obviously just seeing Obi-Wan have someone that he would have left the Jedi Order for, it's just like mind-blowing. It's just in season two of this of this animated show, and it just is, can change your entire understanding of the whole series. And I, I think that's really fantastic, especially since all of his love interests, obviously, from Legends were never canon. And so bringing one in and 
really making her an interesting character in her own right and having an interesting plot um, with what's happening on Mandalorian with the Death Watch. Again, I could talk about this forever, so I'll just leave it there. No, that's fair. Um, But his love interest, Siri Tachi, is is canon now. Well, the name Siri Tachi is canon, but I'm curious because she doesn't she die in his arms as well in in Legends? Uh, she does. Every, everyone dies in his. Everyone I mean, does. If, if you're gonna die, it should be <laughs> in, in Obi Wan's arms. arms. Uh, Obi Wan yeah. specifically. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, no, no, I, I, I do, I do love that uh, arc as well because, you know, as as Isaac Church here in the uh, in our chat says, Mandalore was made cool by the Clone Wars. Um, there's uh, there was some stuff that uh, was had been popping up in Legends for a long time. Um, we know that they had uh, they said Boba Fett was um, a Mandalorian and his name was Jaster Muriel and all this stuff. And then George Lucas retconned the crap out of all of that with <laughs> with uh, the prequels. So they made new stories where Jaster Muriel was like a mentor to Jango and and change a bunch of stuff. But getting to go to Mandalore and kind of see how things work um, is really what made it cool. But it really contextualized Obi-Wan, like what you said, uh, to understand that Anakin is not the only person to go through this type of stuff. Like, the movies would let you believe that he is the only person to ever, like, have a relationship and all these things. But that's not true. And the Jedi weren't necessarily celibate and like you know this this stuff does happen also you have to give it up to the scene where i mean i I made a tiktok about it like a month ago but when the guy is like which one of you is going to like become a murderer and then a lightsaber busts through his chest and anakin's like what he was gonna blow up the ship and they're like oh anakin Um, yeah i I just love that moment and is that one of the first times we get the like egregious Imperial March music cue? Anytime Anakin does anything mildly like questionable, every any time they're like, "Here you go." I think it's I think it's because they do play that then, um, and eventually it becomes kind of funny how how often they do it. But um, they well, needed to break the tension as well, so there was something there to to do it. But yeah, that's one of my favorite scenes in the whole series. <laughs> I mean, in all fairness. Anakin could have chopped the guy's arm off. He didn't have to like murder him. But uh, that's a whole different topic. Uh, how about how about you, Quentin? First off, I think murder was very appropriate. But um, <laughs> if you're gonna murder, now's the time. Uh, that's the best way to do it. Um, no, but uh, my favorite were probably the Mandalore arc, and I guess yeah, that bombing the one where they were on the ship, and they didn't know who the like the person gone rogue was like, I don't remember what the arc was called, but we were just talking about it. Yeah. But yeah, those were probably my two favorite arcs as well. Um, when he has the electric spider in the glass. Yeah. Thing and it's like, the electric spiders did it for me. I was like, bam, <laughs> number one, Mandalore can come number two. <laughs> uh, I, I love it. And then, uh, so I, I mean, any, any of the specific reasons behind it or just leak going to leave it at that. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. I I have – I mean Julia did a lot of the talking for the Mandalore one and that's kind of the same reasons for myself. Uh, But yeah, I don't have much else to add to it. Okay. Yeah. No no worries at all. Um, 
and another one that jumps out at me is the lightsaber lost. I know it's just a, a random episode that you could think is filler, but uh, Tara uh, Sanube just being this old detective dude. I don't know. He just he 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 just did it for me. Uh, but what about you, Harith? I feel like I'm just beating a dead horse at this point because I was going to say Mandalore, and I'll even take it one step further. So when I recommend people when they watch the Clone Wars, I usually give them like an order list because I find it weird sending them through the normal season order. I usually start them with those two episodes because it kind of just gives you a good groundwork for everything that the Clone Wars is giving you. It gives you a little everything. So I usually give episode 12 and episode 13, season 2, or the first two episodes I just give people. I'm like, go watch these. <laughs> then you'll go back and rest the series. Then I would say after that, I would go with Second Battle of Geonosis, the Holocron Heist arc, The Deserter. I thought that was such a, like, a good one-off episode. Cat and Mouse. And then, yeah, I think that's the one there. You didn't mention Lights of the Lost. That's where the underrated episode. Yeah. Oh, man. I I always forget about the, the Second Battle of Geonosis because... Um, for for one thing, I, I don't like zombies. I don't like the concept of it. I don't like... The, the worms like that that arc makes me uncomfortable <laughs> for for a, a few reasons no but not just that the whole part where where the padawans get buried <laughs> and a luminaris like all right we gotta go they're dead <laughs> and it's like they're not dead they, they, they just got buried a second ago and she's like yeah but but we gotta go so you know, we'll get new ones, and you're like, "Oh my god!" It, it, uh, when you find out what happens to Luminara and Rebels, it makes it not hurt as much. You know, that's the, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. But we do get the we do get the brainworms, and brainworms are just such a useful thing to to understand in terms of like having a a metaphor by which to describe being overtaken by something i'm very i brainworms are are the right thing to use that so um i'm glad that we all have a basis of understanding so when we say brainworms it's like oh yeah that's that's the level of obsessed that i am it's like it crawled in i also get that really hilarious moment where obi-wan and anakin are like do you think it's going to go in through the ear or through the nose and then <laughs> you know and i just there's little moments like that that are just very you you know of their personality and i love stuff like that yeah i was gonna say as well sorry to cut you off but the it kind of like if you think about it it does prepare ahsoka for order 66 because the whole legion of like that ship gets taken over by the the brain worms so she kind of gets like mentally prepared for a scenario if the clones turn against her. Yeah, I was gonna—I was about to say the same exact thing. Yeah, basically prepared her for it. And I'm also gonna add on to it. Like, I personally feel like the brainworms was the creepiest thing in the world. And Ahsoka had two options: she could save everybody, which is what she did, or she could just take the whole ship down and kill everyone with her. Like, I personally thought she was gonna kill everyone at one point. But like it built on her character, it built onto her character so much more by saving everyone, and I just love that. I mean, the problem solving. Oh, go 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 ahead. The problem solving of like, yes, our fourteen-year-old soldier general, you know, that has to solve these problems because it's her responsibility. 
and with the you know the I don't know what the freezing the stuff that she uses to like stop Barris and trying to be clever in order to to solve your problems um in really thinking them through and it, it just makes you think of like oh my gosh I don't know that a 14 year old should really be in this position and yet it's just going to get worse for her and she's just going to have more and more situations where she's in these positions and it kind of yeah definitely prepares her even if what it's preparing her for is like more tragedy yeah it's hey there's a teenage girl in a tube top who is uh fighting this war and fighting zombies yeah yeah (laughs) no no but when you were talking about um obi-wan and anakin like asking like okay is it going to go through the ear through that's that's one of the other things i do love about these first two seasons is we get a lot more of that detective mindset from these people um where the, these are missions where they are solving things and trying to unravel this this whole like these different conspiracies. Uh, I think uh, a lot of times it's easy to think of them as superheroes just running into action stuff, mostly because that's Anakin's mo. But having you know Obi Wan trying to figure out who the cause is of this by seeing who this you know the robot spider is not programmed to attack. Uh, and stuff like that I just think is, is really cool I mean there's really nothing better than Obi-Wan with like a assassin droid on a cake plate dramatically entering a room being like like you know revealing like this beautiful <laughs> cake I just it's, it's 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 amazing it's exactly what he would do it's you know just perfectly described the, t- the way he would handle that situation I mean I could spend hours just talking about Voyage of Temptation I think it's a perfectly plotted arcs episode because you have the droids sort of uh, assassin droids and then you have obi-wan and satine and then you have them sort of coming together at the end plot wise and i just it's 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 amazing but you get to see so much personality and then of course if i didn't mention martini glass anakin what would i be doing on this podcast because <laughs> in that episode he is having the time of his life with his martini glass just like watching them bicker and that itself has become become a meme. I just gotta love Martini Glass Anakin. Yeah, watching like for the first time, Obi Wan is in this position that like, he's always like he lives in this in this awkward place, just laughing like, Haha, uh, "How's your girlfriend over there?" And you're like, "What, what are you?" Um, I, I will say we also get to uh, to meet Rush Clovis. Um, you guys all love Clovis, right? He's such a nice guy, genuine sweetheart. Uh, Look, the inclusion of Rush Clovis makes me seriously question Padme in terms of, like, you know, like Anakin, I guess, you fell in love. It's, it's fine. He's got some questionable traits. There's some red flags. But now we've got Rush Clovis, and I'm just like, Padme, I, I, <laughs> I need to know what's happening. Like, can we just have a check? Like, are you, are you okay? Like, it seems like there might be some some bad habits here we need to break yeah uh red flag city red flag city uh uh, for me personally though i i gotta go with how we started i mean i think we started off this season super strong with the holocron heist yes uh cad bane is a beast like before the episode has even started he's already defeated a jedi <laughs> you know what I mean? They like they've already defeated a Jedi. 
Um, he he runs. Uh, oh, by the way, I, I hate when Seth Green like voices anything because he doesn't disguise his. Does he doesn't do a voice? He's just Seth Green uh, with the with a robot modulator on it. Now that part irritates me. But um, how successful Cad Bane is at what he does. Of yeah, he has already defeated a Jedi. He breaks in. He's able to steal the holocron, and he's one step ahead of the Jedi this entire time. And then he's able to continue with his plan. He finds a Jedi that ha- that can unlock it, takes that person hostage. He goes up against uh, Ahsoka, Anakin, Obi-Wan, Mace Windu, comes out on top of all of them. <laughs> he, he wins. He's successful. And he's not even like trying. Uh, I know Cad Cad Bane is just the, is is the best. Um, and uh, I know this is pri- sorry. Go ahead. I said I know this is primarily a season two discussion, but we got to talk about in season one, or I think it's in season two, episode one, when Cad Bane just grabs Ahsoka and gets her and like and threatens to like shoot her out of in the, of the vacuum of space, and you get a teeny li- little Vader scene where Anakin is just going through all the droids and like. Starts ripping them apart, looking for Ahsoka. I know, like, nobody talks about that. Because everyone's, like, when they talk about Anakin's dark moments, they talk about Battle of Geonosis. They talk about Voyage of Temptation. Those are, like, the key Vader moments. But nobody talks about Season 2, Episode 1, when Anakin starts ripping apart droids just looking for Ahsoka. He sacrificed the entire Jedi Order's future just to save Ahsoka. Yeah. Yeah, you get to really see those uh, the, that attachment and how yes, it can be an, it can be a good thing, uh, but it can also make him do some some questionable stuff. Um, I just love knowing how what Anakin has just gone through in terms of like attachment and loss and and suffering, and then it's like you know what he needs now, a, a young. Padawan to care for and it's like oh my god like no like this is the worst possible thing for him at this moment um it's just it's it's I mean it's perfect in terms of what the story needs but yeah it's because he's there's no way he's not gonna become attached to her um in in a way that's beyond what they would expect of like a master apprentice um relationship he cares for people very deeply so whoops yeah uh it, and one one other thing I, I did want to bring up too is Cut. Uh, we meet the clone Cut, who is the deserter on Salukamai, and who has his family, and he's doing all this stuff. And like, I, I don't. I feel like that episode was such a huge growth point for Rex, um, because I don't think Rex ever considered like what friends are, what family is, and all this stuff outside of being a clone, being in the military. I, I think this is the first time he really, like, I don't know, that part hit him. Do you guys have any thoughts on that, uh, that arc? No? <laughs> Which was- oh, sorry, I was just about to tell you else. I was going to say, I feel like that episode in particular is a really good foreshadowing for Rex's future. Because... Before, like, Rex never thought about life outside of the war. So it's kind of like a nice, like, little peek into, like, what Rex is going to be after Rebels. Yeah. And, and to find out that these there are clones that have these feelings of, like, 
I don't I don't want to die doing this, you know? Like we right now we just live to to do this. Like why? Um also, I, I do wonder what happens to, to cut after Order 66. Because, I mean, I believe you have to hear the order in order for it to go off. Um, so, did, did did he ever hear it in any way? Or did he just live out his days, like, doing his own thing? Um, did somehow he hear the message and he's just, like, searching the forest for Jedi? Uh, oh, I never thought about that. That's depressing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. We don't. We don't know what happens to him, but I, I hope he he got to live you know a long and and happy life. Um, I mean, as long as you live with that double speed, uh, <laughs> which also just kind of makes me sad as as well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what would you guys, if if anything, remove from from this arc or from this uh, season? I guess I'll go. Mainly, I don't know what it is with the concept. I just don't like changelings. They're just weird in Star Wars. It's like, I never find that they're executed well. Like, they add a little bit of tension for the episode. You're like, oh, there's a changeling. Who's it going to be? And then it's just, after that, you're just like, oh, okay. They didn't really do it to their full potential. It, like, adds a little Mission Impossible spy element, and then it just goes away. And then you just never see it again. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. There's there's so much more potential with the characters. You know, I, I like... <laughs> uh, I mean, like, in, in episode two, when... Um, uh, what's her face? Now I can't remember the changing thing. But, like, wh- why didn't she change into other stuff? Why did she change back into what she started as when she tried to sneak up on the... Like, I don't know, there's, there's a lot of different odd things that just didn't quite make sense unless it has a huge power draw or, or stuff like that. It is kind of a weird species for Star Wars. Uh, but I do like in Legends, there is a Sith Lord that is a changeling. Ooh. And in their holocron, they always appear at, in different forms um, as, as Darth Bane is like researching them. It's really cool. How about you, Julia? Um, I, I really love season two. I don't know that there's anything I would I would remove. I mean, I would uh, like to get Obi-Wan and Satine out of the friend zone that they put them in after Voyage of Temptation. Um, I would like to remove the how how the, how, the, how hard they walk that back afterwards. Um, I hate I hate when there's when they, you know shows or you know movies do that where they have this emotional and then they, because there's the status quo right and so they have to kind of reset for a certain point until that part of the story moves forward but I'm like come on like you just gave it to us and then now they're back and it's just it's like oh, you know but no I love season two I I mean I I don't think there's anything I would necessarily cut from it um, especially now as we move further and further into the series and things do start to build more um, onto, I mean, obviously things like Changeling, it's like, okay, well, how do they work? Don't know. Bye. Never see him again. But there are so many things that start here and then do eventually come back or sort of build into later seasons. So um, yeah, I don't know if there's anything I would remove necessarily. Yeah. No, I, I would just say if they had, uh, well, like Isaac says, if, if they had kept up the, the sexual tension, 
there. So it was like, but but then you know, I don't think that the kids watching at home would be. Able yeah, to they, it. they are, exactly, exactly. I don't think it's it's probably right for their uh, the the target audience. Although you know, now that we're doing these live action Disney Plus shows, we can come back around to it. But um, but yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense for you know how how shows like this work. But it's because it comes right after it's the next episode chronologically. It's like. What what happened now that we're off the ship? But I suppose it does make sense for Obi Wan as well that he would be, you know, trying to remove himself from the situation emotionally. Yeah, I am CEO of Obi Team. Well, that's thank you. I I appreciate the promotion. I hope it comes with a raise. <laughs> uh oh. Um, looks like my OBS crashed. Hopefully, okay. No, we we are still good. We are still good. Um, <laughs> all right. Sorry, I, I got a false message on my computer, and it it was quite worrisome. Uh, so I will have to keep an eye on that. But um, I I love how uh, Lara in the chat says uh, she would wipe Clovis from existence, which is yeah, yeah. No, I, I get that. <laughs> um, I, I, I just, I, I can't do the, the brain worms um, and and Luminaria just being a, a bad person. But it was nice in that arc to really get Ahsoka and Barriss's um, relationship started, and you could see them trusting each other and relying on each other and actually being friends. Um, you know, we, we we know how that's going to pay off later in, in the future. So it, it is nice that we got that that set up there. But um, that and also uh, so Pep, uh, Elma seven in the chat's going to hate me for this. But um, well, you might. I'm not I'm not a Zillow Beast guy. I uh, there was the, we had the Zillow Beast arc. It, it just it just it's just not me. Uh, it had the one arm in the middle of its back. It was weird. I don't like it. I don't like it having three arms for some reason. I don't know. How do you, you guys like feel Star Wars about? Godzilla? <laughs> <laughs> uh. I, I mean, it did make me sad um, how Palpatine was like, okay, we'll just kill it. And it's like, uh, the hell? Like, <laughs> we ain't going to run past that. Like, you didn't say what you just said. Um yeah, but uh, ov- overall, I don't know. I don't like watching regular-sized people fight giant monsters. Is that weird? Yeah. I, I keep thinking, like, I don't know why my mind's going into this, but I remember the High Ground podcast episode with Explosive Steve, and he brought up the Zillow Beast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I wonder what happened to that clone, because they still have the DNA. Yeah, they they still they still have the DNA. Um, we we don't know what it was used for. Who knows? Maybe that will be paid off in Bad Batch. Um, Snoke. I I don't I don't think it's Snoke, but um, no no no, that's canon now. I'm sorry, but Snoke is is is, is, is the Zillow Beast confirmed. I I'm sorry, but. <laughs> Zillow Beast with Grogu. Snoke. There we go, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah if you combine the Zillow Beast with Grogu, you get one Snoke. I've done the math. Do you want to see? Uh, I, I, I just, I'm trying to, like, think of the mechanics of that. Uh, <laughs> and it's 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 mind-bottling. Um, 
No, I, I do. I do want to find out what happens though with that whole thing. Um, uh, let's let me see here. I lost mine. So, all right. Uh, how about um, how about? Oh, a sorry. I'd like I'd like to give my. Uh, oh, go for it. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna agree with you, Chaco. Um, that whole Zilla Beast arc with Mace Windu and Anakin could not stand it. I don't like seeing them get along. <laughs> like it's not normal. They shouldn't get along. I'm used to them not getting along whatsoever. Anakin and Mace are not meant to be friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's not allowed. <laughs> no, I, I do. Uh, I mean, I I love Mace, and I'm a Mace Windu apologist. Um, no, he doesn't need apology. He was right. Okay, he was he was right. <laughs> Why are you booing me? I'm right. He's literally he's literally that. Like that's <laughs> uh, but yeah, and, and also, I mean, talking about Mace, we I mean. Boba. Yeah, we had the whole Boba thing. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on, on how <laughs> on Boba in, in general? I, I did love seeing young Boba like with the rest of the, the kid troopers like being far more capable than any of the other ones at, at his age, like showing how awesome he is. I don't know. What do you guys think? I think we needed it. I mean, this is obviously not season one and two. But I felt like we needed a teen Boba, like a later teen Boba. Like I know we got like probably like fourteen year old Boba. We need a later teen Boba. Like what is Boba doing after he leaves jail? Like obviously that wouldn't fit in season one or two, but yeah. you know they could have given us a whole arc with younger Boba before the Mandalorian and before the original trilogy. And I think that we are going to get that in the Bad Batch. That is one of my hard predictions that we're going to get a lot more Boba. Um, uh, In in part because we were supposed to get more Boba in the Clone Wars that we got to see a little bit of that in Dark Disciple. Um, And I considering, you know, we're getting Book of Boba Fett coming up and Dave Filoni is doing both. I'm sure. And Fennec Shand is in it. I'm I'm sure that we we're gonna get some more connective tissue and kind of see how he's getting to where he is. I know. I'm sorry. I have to. I, so you want to spill the boba tea? The boba tea. Okay. Uh, I will leave now. Goodbye. <laughs> that's that's okay. I said uh, uh, in in the live earlier. Someone asked if I was a blood or a crop. They meant to say blood or a crip. <laughs> Uh, and of course, I, I said I'm a crop because I'm known to be very corny at times. Oh, <laughs> yikes! Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, I was uh, gonna add, not like to complain about the Clone Wars, but it's so weird, like that Daniel Logan only voices three of the kid clones. The other two are voiced by D. Bradley Baker, and it stands out so bad. It's like, it's like it sounds like a thirty year old man trying to imitate a kid's <laughs> voice, and you should have just got Daniel Logan to do all of them. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, D. Bradley Baker has, I mean, he has incredible range, but I, I guess it's not, it's not that much. Uh, he plays a pretty convincing uh, hamster, though. I'm just saying, if you guys play Overwatch, um, yeah, he does, he does hamster dialogue in it, and it's wonderful. <laughs> um, mentioning Boba, I because I, I 
kind of like what I brought up earlier in terms of this idea that we're building stuff that we'll, we'll get later. That's another great example uh, of that. Although I do have to say baby Boba's hair is, is, is terrible. It's so bad. It's just really, it's not, it's not a good look. It's like a weird nineties George Clooney thing. And I really don't like it. And it really <laughs> throws me off every time I try to watch his episodes, but I love uh, it. He, he, he looks like, uh, <laughs> Um, JTT. <laughs> it's, like, it's very 90s, right? It's like Jonathan it's Taylor just, Thomas, yeah, exactly. for those of it's you who don't 90s. recall. Uh. <laughs> oh, I think, too, is the attack of the clothes and, like, him like coming to the door. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> they definitely replicate the just, like, the, the face that that child has in that movie where it's like, I hate you already, and you're like... This child, I, this child has strong opinions, and they just they put that into animation beautifully because he is animated to just have this like very angry face, and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so, question: Was that um, was that his father's helmet, or did he just find an identical one to put a bomb in? Oh, that's a that's a debate question. Because didn't in a manner they say it was my father's armor? Yeah. Uh, that, that, I don't know if it's a continuity error or that's, or that's actually a copy. I don't know, because Django armor looks very close to actual Mandalorian armor. Yep. So that that whole thing is on. It's on my list. Um, <laughs> it is. It is on my list of uh, of potential. I, I, I have my own list of issues and potential issues um, that as soon as the fandom calms down, then then I can I'll feel comfortable sharing. I'm not going to sleep at night thinking about that. <laughs> They're not going to handle it. They're going to just explode. <laughs> I'm currently exploding. I can't. I'm, I'm trying to process that in my head right now. It's just not working. I'm going to be up all night now. <laughs> it's that's one of the things about Star Wars that like gets me is when you find those those moments, those questions, those issues. And you're like, oh, good. Now this is all I'm going to think about for the next two weeks. Great. Thank you. And it's just like, how did I end up? How did I end up here? And you're going over like the timeline of a civil war in a fictional universe that appears in a children's animated like, show. And you're just like, I don't, <laughs> I've lost the plot. And yet I now I, I can't even get to the bottom of it. But I mean, it's, I kind of love those little moments. I know you say, <laughs> uh, Quentin, you can't stop thinking about it, but I love when you find those things where you're like, this is my new hyperfixation. I'm glad to have found it. Uh, so the thing that kills me is because there there are issues, right? And it's not going to be perfect. You can't. It can't be perfect. That's that's not not a thing. The thing that kills me is when people complain about something that's not an issue, but you're like, but you you're just glossing over this thing over there. Like, come <laughs> on, man. Like you gotta you gotta pick. I don't know. Um. In the Boba helmet thing kind of reminds me of the video you made a while back with his, uh, when he got shot in the dick. <laughs> <laughs> I joke about that still. I, I, I must know. I must know. I still you. wonder, but I think my story is canon. I, I'm going to go with it. My story is canon. <laughs> we got to know now. Yeah, yeah, go ahead and share it. Oh, uh, so the story was um, Boba went to a bar and hooked up with uh, Twi'lek, who ended up being Cad Bane's girlfriend, and uh, what happened was Cad Bane shot him in the dick. <laughs> that makes sense. 
He also shot him in the head, too, probably. That, too, and it's now canon. <laughs> Uh, I like to believe that it, it was a new um, imperial program uh, that was just going to learn how to, like an AI that specifically shoots sticks. Like that's, <laughs> uh, I don't. It could could be possible. We'll we'll see. <laughs> um, so next, I I want to talk a little bit about Ahsoka because when 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 Ahsoka came out. Um, she was the most hated character in Star Wars. Well over Jar Jar Binks, who was the previous, uh, I guess, mayor of <laughs> mayor of Star Wars hate. Um, now, right now, she's one of the most beloved. I- I'm curious, you know, why, why does she get so much hate uh, when this came out? And what is it like to look back on it now? And I'm just curious what, what your guys' thoughts on it. I'll, I'll go to uh, Harith first. For this issue, I'm actually kind of really prepared. So when you asked me this, I was like, I know exactly what I'm doing. So I went on the Wayback Machine and went to the Force on that. And I was like, I am going to 2008 and I want to see like what everyone's opinions are. And I'm trying to pull it up. I have a couple screenshots and I'm uploading in the chat. Download. Wait, share. Now I'm excited. (laughs) I didn't didn't know that there was a presentation. Will there be a test? Are we looking at? I'm looking. I'm putting in the chat right now. So that's a great. Wait, which chat? That's that's the problem. The like Zoom chat. Oh, Oh, here it is. It's literally the same complaint as Ray. Like it's almost exact word for word. It's kind of crazy. So I I know it's not my turn to speak yet, but I was going to say it reminds me so much of the Ray argument. Oh, Ray's a Mary Sue. (laughs) Reminds me too much of it, but there's the evidence. Yeah, it it was it was all the same. (laughs) It it really uh, it really do be be repeating itself. but but yeah, I mean, uh, what is what did your analysis tell you, Harith? Uh, oh yeah, sorry. There was an entire like thread of people, and, it, and one of my favorite comments was because uh, there was one person defending Clone Wars because I because they just liked it, and he said he goes, "Oh, oh boo hoo! A thirty five year old man doesn't have a character created for them." I was like, give this man everything. <laughs> he was like the only person on that thread defending Clone Wars. Everyone else was just bashing it. Yeah, it's it, which is really weird to look back on now. And like, you know, there's Dave Filoni talks about how he, he reached out to Ashley Eckstein and was like, just just wait, just just stick with it. Because <laughs> now, now she's getting the hate. And I, I think we, we're lucky that this was in an animated format because if this was a live action character uh she would have got roasted you know can you imagine i know uh julia what do you what do you think um so i didn't watch the clone wars when it first came out i was in middle school and thought i was too cool for it um so i i wasn't really around for the initial discourse but i i just it's it's really not surprising to me um She's a teenage girl. They're probably one of the most derided demographics uh, universally in terms of their existence, their interests, their personalities. 
um, our understanding of them culturally in terms of how the coming of age story might be different for a teenage girl as opposed to, you know, what we what we normally see um, with with boys. So that's not shocking to me that that was the way it was. And so I suppose I'm more curious in what has happened now that she's been accepted. Is it it almost accepted, unfortunately, by a lot of people on the toxic side who use her as their woman shield to be like, oh, no, no, I, you know, I'm not sexist. I like Ahsoka. And it's like, how did she end up in this position? Um, and I guess I don't know. Harris, I hope I hope you've done you know, your, your research so we can we can find out. But um, uh, it's it doesn't surprise me. So it's kind of curious. Is it just the passage of time or, you know, did she you know, she's not necessarily an ultra feminine character necessarily as she develops and sort of matures. But uh, at the same time, you know, that's that's where that's where my interest lies. I wasn't around for the for the start of it. But um, but yeah, I mean, anything a teenage girl is or likes is, you know, like the Beatles, they're stupid. And it's like, well, now they're your thing. And you, you think they're cool. So it's it's kind of a unfortunate phenomenon. Yeah, and to, to be honest, that I mean, what you said about teenage girls being the most derided, I didn't realize that. I didn't know that at all. Like, it never crossed my mind until this year that I actually had heard people talk about it and I thought about it. And oh my God, it's it's so right. Like, I remember being made fun of because, um, so. I, if, if you guys remember in the 90s when CDs first became a thing, you, you could do the stuff where you would get like two. I don't know. You can get a bunch of CDs for like a really low price. So I got my first CD, two CDs for like a, it was like a penny each. And I got Big Willie style, Will Smith's, uh, which is a classic. And I got um, NSYNC. Um, I think it was self titled, the one with Tearing Up My Heart, which is a jam. But everyone hated on all of those those bands not because of the music but it's because it was teenage girl music and stuff and I don't know it's just and I realized all the stuff that we made fun of growing up was just anything that a girl would likely like uh, it's it's kind of fascinating to me um, your thoughts on uh, Ahsoka uh, Quentin uh, so I'm going to bring up a comment that uh, Jedi Master Kiali Mundi brought up uh, Ezra season one, season one Ezra and season one and two Ahsoka are very similar. They always want to get to battle. They always want to get straight to the action and they're very, very annoying. Now I don't find them annoying, but it took me a while to fu- like, you know, not find them annoying, but I know for the common, like the first time viewers, they probably found them the most annoying characters in the world because I know I was showing a friend Clone Wars and Rebels and they were like, how do you like these characters? I'm like, just get used to it. You'll love them. It, it, I find it to be like, they just hate on the women characters. If, you know, they're not, if they're doing too much, they're a bad women character. But in reality, they're not. They're really great characters. Like, if you look at it today, like, everyone loves Ahsoka and everyone's hating on Rey for some reason. But in reality, if you think about it, no, every, no, uh, everyone's going to like Rey eventually. Like, I doubt she'll get her own TV show, but they'll, you know, they'll probably like her eventually. Yeah. Take some time. No, no, I, I fully, I fully agree with that. Um, 
I, I, I witnessed the hate myself and I, it also helped me realize that as a person, I've always just been out of touch with what the popular idea is. And so I never, a lot of the stuff I didn't even notice cause I enjoyed the character. I mean, I, I will say, uh, I did find her quite annoying in the animated movie. Oh my, yeah, I gotta agree with you on that. And, and they, they toned her down after that, that movie of like, yeah, sky guy. And like, I, I don't know. That, that Most of the hate comes from that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a growth arc. It's characters. Right? They're supposed to change, you know? Uh, we make fun of Luke for being whiny in his first movie too. The, the main difference is we got to see the growth on screen. For, for Ray, I think about Luke all the time where um, Luke was different in Return of the Jedi he's, he's a, has a different personality you know what I mean, he's, he's a lot calmer, he's a lot more collected, and we can you know, chalk this up to how much he's learned and how much he's grown, but none of that happened on screen, he, one movie ends, the next movie begins and he's different and I, I think that is that's part of, um that may be part of what we're seeing here. But I can't wait to find out more about what happened to Ahsoka. I think I think she considers herself a Jedi again. I, I truly do. I will bet money on that, and I will bet that a large part of the Ahsoka show is going to show us that journey of how she got there. Um, you, mean, you mean the Ashoka? <laughs> oh, my God. All the threads are like misspelling Ahsoka so horribly. I love it. <laughs> But yeah, I'm really, I'm really actually caught up, and I, it's, I mention it literally all the time. But her comments about Grogu to Din about his attachments, and I'm like, this is, I just, I'm very, fa- I'm fascinated to find out this idea of like, what do you keep with you from this order that essentially no longer exists? Like, what do you carry with you as what you're going to still follow, and what do you leave behind? And it's clear, at least at that point in her life, she sees that as as a danger. And obviously, like, why wouldn't she see that as a danger? But it's also you know, it's 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 kind of sad because it makes you wonder, like, is she able to really at this point in her life make connections with people and have friends and relationships and make it, it seems like maybe that's a no. And that's really heartbreaking. Um, so that's kind of what I'm, I'm interested to see is that that growth and it potentially she does move past that in, in a way that makes sense for her. Um, to find a, to find a balance, but yeah, I'm I'm just caught up because there's no like there's no Jedi Council to enforce it, but she's enforcing it herself, and so that makes I agree she does consider herself a Jedi because she's clearly enforcing a sense of what that means to her her own internal code. I just want to know what it is. I just want her to lay <laughs> out for me what her Jedi code is because um, I imagine there's been a few adjustments, but we don't know exactly what those are. Um, so they, obviously that's later in, in the Mandalorian, but going from a tube top, you know, child soldier to, to that, it's like, that, that's a lot. Um, and I want to, and I want to see <laughs> I'm it. I'm sorry, just the phrase tube top child soldier is well, just accurate. hilarious. It's so, accurate. It's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, there's always the meme that there's a 14 year old girl running around with a laser sword and an army of like 10 year olds. <laughs> like... <laughs> That's the whole state, Clone Army. They're sanctioned. a bunch of ten-year-olds. State st- state sanctioned fourteen-year-old with a laser sword and an army of ten-year-olds. That's the by, that's the better way the to state. say it. <laughs> also, I was going to mention as well. People forget it. 
they address a lot of the Ahsoka hate within season, the end of season one and season two, because Ahsoka gets her ass kicked a lot in season two. It's like, there you go, guys. She's not the perfect Mary Sue. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it's 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 true. But uh, I I don't know. Like you can't you can't fix uh, stupid. Only only time. Only time can fix stupid. (laughs) Time and reflection. Um, That that being said, I do love how how she's grown and. Hopefully we can continue to get these amazing and different, unique characters like this, so that we can finally move move past, you know, these these points. Um, I, I'm happy, and also I'm happy Ahsoka moved past the uh, the tube top with the season seven like jumper, the denim like jumper. I don't know it's just like adorable uh, to to me. I I love it. The jumper is the best outfit out of the entire series. All I got Facts. Facts. Absolutely. Very important that a Jedi get their fashion upgrade. I think that's a key part of their their development. Like, I think Rey looks amazing in Rise of Skywalker. Uh, I think, like, the whole white, like, the get-up is, like, perfect. So they have to have that. It sounds, I mean, to, like, show fashion-wise. And then also, we know we're talking, we're not talking about that, but the Gandalf the Grey, Gandalf the White stuff going on like that's just amazing i love seeing sort of fashion wise how she develops but yeah i i want to be i want to be in the room when they're like yes the tube time like why like whose idea was this (laughs) and i need to i need to explain it to me make it make sense oh but i mean later in the clone wars she fights grievous and doesn't die instantly so she's overpowered right or 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 Maybe the outcome of a lot of battles is whatever is meant to suit the story. Um, but <laughs> uh, oh, uh, echo! Is there a lot of echo on on my mic right now? Is that why people are saying echo? I don't know. <laughs> but um, that being said, uh, I, I now have to ask because my my plan was to go straight to talking bad batch with you guys, but while we're on the topic. I mean, expectations. What, what do you want to see in the Ahsoka show? What, what are you guys looking forward to? Uh, we'll go to uh, Quentin first. I'm not sure. I kind of want to see, like, you know in Rebels how Yoda's still alive at the time, but he kind of, like, doesn't force project himself, but, like, he's meditating and him and Ezra see each other, like, in each other's thoughts, kind of. I kind of want to see something like that. But she sees Luke. So I'd love to see her meet Luke through the force and realize that, you know, she was right about Anakin and Padme. <laughs> I really <laughs> want to see that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I want to find I want Ezra to be found in the Ahsoka show. Mainly, that's the biggest thing. Big Rebels fan. I still have my Rebels hoodie on. Uh, I want Ahsoka to find Ezra. <laughs> it's all I want. Okay, no, I, I I love it. Uh, and you know, just just like like I said, I think she's back to considering herself a Jedi. The organization is gone. Um, so how does Luke consider himself a Jedi? Because he's he's following the teachings, he's following the the, the code, and whatnot. We see in in Rebels, um, where they go to the temple in, in, in Lothal, and for a brief moment, Yoda sees Ahsoka, and they kind of have like a. 
sup <laughs> moment. And I don't think she she's a very much like not a Jedi, not a Jedi, not a Jedi. She tells that to Vader before she knows who's under the mask. When she finds out who's under the mask, I got to know what starts clicking. All the stuff that they warned me about happened and it's true. Oh, Oh, so I was wrong. Okay. I'm curious if, if that plays any role with it. Uh, what, what do you think, Harith? Yeah, I was like, I've always kind of like mentally justified to myself when Ahsoka passes out in Rebels and she like falls on the cannon. I was like, and she lies to them because you're like, what are the point of lying to them? Like, I think telling them would actually benefit you guys more than like hurt you guys. So I always kind of justified a headcanon that she didn't believe it up until until she sliced him in the face. Yeah. She was like, there's no way it could be him. And she was lying to herself. Yeah. I, I agree. Uh, I mean, also, what, what do you want to see in the uh, Ahsoka show? All I want is I just want to see Force Ghost Anakin and Ahsoka have a conversation. I want to see what is that conversation like? Do they bring up Vader? Do they what do they talk about? Yeah. Like, Did they almost slice see- your face off? <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of which, <laughs> the hell did you go? <laughs> don't, did you not die? <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry about it. I saw a hand reach out of the sky and pull you. Uh, so you gonna? I, I don't know. <laughs> how, how about you, Julia? Um. So in Ahsoka's Ashoka, I would like to see um the sort of almost like spiritual. You know, I actually, I mean, I think I, I yeah, I don't want to, I don't want, I guess I haven't seen Rebels. It's a long story. I will be watching it, but I feel like I, being on Star Wars TikTok, I've seen, I've seen most of it. So it seems like Ezra seems like a interesting plot development, uh, development, but I do love the idea of seeing her on her own and the sort of development of, for what, for some reason, the part in Batman Begins where like Bruce goes and like, tries to start figuring out like what he wants to do and is on his own. Um, and then eventually ends up going to, but that's what I'm thinking of in my mind, not in terms of like becoming something, but this kind of solo journey in terms of discovering who she is now at this point, I, I think would be really fulfilling. And then something you've mentioned, Chaka was the like force lore. Like I want it to get weird as weird as they can sort of make it in terms of mystical, um, the mysticism of the force and of the Jedi, especially now that there's no like organized structure, I think would be the perfect time to explore that. So personal growth of sort of her and who she is with this sort of mysticism, like I would love the combination of those. Oh yeah, for sure. I and uh, speaking of getting weird, uh, Isaac brings out like if we could have a meeting between Ahsoka and Bendu. Um, Ooh, I think that would be great. Now, now, see, I just replied back to Isaac about this, but the problem about that is we don't know what happens to Bendu after the rebels flee Adalon. Like he just disappears after nearly being shot in the head by Thrawn. I was like, like him in the face. Well, no, he disappeared. <laughs> Bendu disappeared. He just he he pulled he pulled a magic trick. He just vanished. <laughs> I don't know where Bendu is. I don't think anyone knows where he is. But uh, Ben Bendu had lines of dialogue before he actually after he disappeared, which is even more questionable. <laughs> exactly. So I know he's alive. I just don't know where the heck he is. <laughs> uh, but he he straight up tells Thrawn. 
A, you're going to lose, and B, you're going to be attacked uh, with, like, tentacles and stuff and be taken away. Like, he tells Thrawn what's going to happen to him a season before it actually happens, and I think a lot of people miss that. Uh, Bendu is, is OP. Uh, but yeah, I want uh, Ahsoka to meet Bendu and be like, oh, it's a creepy moose buffalo monster. Uh, but he's kind of funny, though. I like him. <laughs> I wonder how that would do in live action with all the CGI and like, I wonder how they would handle it. Cause like, I don't know how they could do a practical oh, thing. Oh, that's true because it's a live action show. That's right. Wait, how? Yeah, exactly. Wait. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of true. Like how would they do the CGI? If you think about it, like would they just put a tree with a face on it or <laughs> are they going to do that's something it. like what they did with Thanos where they like had a guy in a green screen, uh, green screen outfit. They, they, they gave us um, a big old crate dragon, and it looked great. Um, they got the volume machine. I believe they could pull it off. If if any if anyone can pull it off, it's going to be them. So, I, I look forward to them pushing the boundaries like they have consistently done uh, since the beginning. But I love the greatest. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Uh, since we, we, we've been talking about uh, Clone Wars, you know, we definitely have to wrap this up by talking Bad Batch, because um, that's one of the reasons I wanted to go back through the Clone Wars, is really to gear up and, like, remember all the bits and pieces, especially the, the clones. Um, sorry, I have a, a little... Someone wanted to say hi, but... Um, <laughs> What what are you guys uh what are you guys excited for when it comes to the Bad Batch? What uh, what's got you going? We'll start with uh, Harith. The main thing I, I've talked about this before. This could be done in Kenobi, but we gotta wrap up Cody's story. Where does Cody go when he gets to the Empire? People discuss like maybe Obi Wan killed him in Kenobi. I'm like, nah. If anyone's gonna kill Cody, it gotta be Rex. Rex gotta be the one to do it. I feel like Rex and Bad Batch versus Cody would be an epic season finale. Uh, so why, why, why are you doing this to me, man? Like, why are you making me picture Rex with tears in his eyes, uh, just like in season seven when he has to- you could you could see Filoni picturing this. You could you could totally see it. <laughs> you could see Filoni being like, you know how we're gonna screw with the fans? We're gonna have Rex kill Cody. <laughs> uh, how about you, Julia? Uh, so I just w- uh, watched season seven, so I'm kind of just recently sort of caught up on everything. Um, I, um, Mel, uh, who's now at uh, Grunkle Rex, uh, brought up, I believe, this idea of like, or maybe it was someone else, like, are they going to get Rogue Ones? Which I, first of all, I love that that's like a term we can use now. Like, are they going to get Rogue Ones? And you're like, everybody just knows. Um and so that's, I mean, I don't want to say that I want that to happen because I think that makes me sound uh, evil, but um, I do like the I mean, like you're, you're kind of evil though, right? A little bit. Okay. Um, I do like some, 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 some trauma, some angst in my stories. Um, but uh, so that could be like legitimately, I wouldn't be surprised if, if that's, I mean, it, I, because it's animated, maybe not. But um, yeah, that's an idea that now has been stuck in my brain. 
um, and I can't and I can't get it out. So this idea that there's a sort of um, suicide mission um, that sort of wraps up their their story um, seems seems fitting. Um, again, it's probably the, the saddest one of the saddest things or like Cody hunting them down or, you know, I, I feel like everything we can come up with is just for literally every show. It's just like, what if this terrible traumatic thing were to happen? And we just list different versions of the terrible things. Like there's no version <laughs> of a show where like, then they all go to rainforest cafe and have a great time. <laughs> like that's not something we're expecting to happen. Um, but I also, I, so the tinfoil hat theorists, uh, have been looking at some of the animation and some of the stuff and wondering they might go to Mandalore. So obviously I would be very down, down for that. Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. I'm, I'm loving it. Loving every, every bit of it. <laughs> processing a lot of it still, but, uh, enjoying it. Uh, how about you, Quentin? Now I'm going nowhere near where you guys are going, but I want to see Rex take Gregor and Wolf away from the um from order 66 and take out their uh their chips yeah i'd love to see that we don't see it on screen but it's mentioned in rebels that he takes them out we don't know when it happens but i want to see it happen in uh bad batch and then i'd also love to see uh, more of fennec like i want to learn more about her backstory because i think she's an absolute badass yeah I mean, when when she was fighting the stormtroopers and she jumped off backwards, shot him in the face, and fell with the exaggerated swagger of a black teen, I I just <laughs> loved that part. It made me so happy. Um, yeah. So for for me, I do want to see I, I I do want to see that. And now you give me a new a new thing that I want is they have this weird little heist crew that is resolved to kidnap as many clones as they can and remove their chips. Do we get the heist? I've been calling for the, I've been calling for more heists than Star Wars since uh, day one. Yes. So I am It's it's got to be a heist. We got the strong man, we got the tech guy, we got the 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 tracker. Like they have a heist team. This is, you know, Ocean's clones. Um but what what are they I, I would love for them to uncover the fact that this is, uh, that they have chips. Um, and I think the heist is they have to break into, um, uh, Camino. They have to go home and it's the bad batch versus all of the clones. So they have to break in, have echo connect into the main computer to find, to find that. And then from there, they start trying to awaken as many clones as they can um, and remove the chips. And the clone uprising that happened in Legends is caused by them. That's what I need. Heist heist leading into clone uprising. That's perfect. That's just like... I never even considered that. Oh. Ocean's 99, uh, Brooks says. I I love it. Clone Uprising. Oh, I need that. I'm going to shout out the comments here, but uh, Lara and X-Core Gamer, gamer Skills, I'm going to go with this and make it canon. Crosshair, um, sorry, Crosshair, Wrecker, and Fennec are all best friends now. <laughs> <laughs> and Boba, don't forget Boba. <laughs> and Boba. Uh, that's, that's the other thing is I think they are going to use the release dates of these to do some backwards, um, well, 
I mean, it's it's retcon. It's retroactive continuity is what retcon is short for. It's not always about making changes. Sometimes it's about adding details that will affect um, things in existence as well as future projects. They are absolutely going to use this to introduce some themes and things that are going to play out in Book of Boba Fett um, and maybe some some more projects. So I think we're going to get some more Boba. I hope we get the uh, the Boba versus Cad Bane moment that uh, yes. I was shot. Um, and I, I think that we are going to... Um, yeah, yeah. This is going to introduce a lot of the themes that are going to be picked up in the rest of this like mini Filoni-verse uh, that we're going to be getting. Wait, do we know anything about Book of Boba? Like, is it going to go through his whole life or is it just like after thing? Because like, what if they bring in the Boba versus Cad Bane thing into the Book of Boba? Ooh. They absolutely could. I mean, tell it as like a flashback or something like that. Uh, we don't know anything about the show. Uh, actually, we don't know anything about Boba Fett in general. <laughs> we well, very little. Um, I don't know. We, we'll, but we, there's lots and lots of possibilities. I mean, with yeah, I bring it up. Title, in, oops, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I say I bring it up every argument when someone says, "Oh, Ray has so so many skills, and it's like she's a Mary Sue, et cetera, et cetera." I'm like, okay, what about Boba? You guys say he has so much skill, but where do we see it? Like, you read it in the comics and the books, but we never see it on screen. Yeah, but he touches you that, have to read that outside skin material. real cool. Exactly. <laughs> he touches that lady's chin real cool. So, Boba, I mean, oh, it's Bo Katane, guys. Come on. <laughs> I hate that argument so much. Boba got owned by Casca. <laughs> that was a short-lived fight, if you guys recall. Uh, Boba did not have the upper hand. Um I, I love it. This is an awesome, awesome conversation, guys. Uh, we, we're going to wrap it up, but in order to wrap it up, I would like to um, go around this final time and, you know, A, let us know if you have any closing thoughts. B, um, where can we find you? And C, your thoughts on hashtag release the George Lucas trilogy. Mm. <laughs> oh, uh, we'll, we'll go to uh, t- <laughs> we'll go to Quentin first. Uh, so I have no closing thoughts, but uh, you can find me on TikTok and YouTube at Canon Fesk. Um, I can type it into the uh, YouTube chat in a minute. Uh, and for the release, the George Lucas trilogy thing. Please stop. It's it's not going to happen. Nothing was filmed. Nothing was written. It was only a, a mere thought in George Lucas's head. Like, I'm, I'm going to shout out J.K.F. Parker because he talked a lot about it on his page. It, it was only a thought, and a majority of it was already put in the sequel trilogy. And the prequel hate, or the, I guess, prequel fanboys, I, I don't know what to call them, the gatekeepers, they did not like it at all. What George Lucas put into the, um, what George Lucas's thoughts were put into the the current sequel trilogy. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Harith, your thoughts? To like help, like I'm gonna go to like bring this back. I wanted to bring this up when we were talking about Plo Koon, but I couldn't fit it in there. So I was researching Plo Koon, and 
Apparently, when Dave Filoni was pitching the character to James Earl Taylor, he was telling him to do a Gandalf impression. And they were like, Ooh. go Gandalf. And so James go Taylor Gandalf great, or go home. <laughs> he has like a great interview where he's talking about how like he was doing a Syrian Kakel impression. It's like you can find it on James Earl Taylor's channel. And apparently, so when they did it in post, they would pitch his voice down to like get that Plo Koon type like modulator type voice. And James Earl Taylor just being a mimic started imitating that. So when they went back in later seasons to do it, it was even worse because they were like, dude, you just ruined their flow of how we did this. So like Matthew Mercer just texted James Earl Taylor one day. It's like, dude, you just ruined how he set up Plaku. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I love it, especially because I love I'm a, I'm a Plo guy. I, I love Plaku so much. Ever since Jedi Power Battles, greatest game. Yeah. So to go with the whole George Lucas, oh my god, that was an entire what the hell moment. Like, oh my god, what is Star Wars theory doing? Honestly, I, I've just given up on him. I'm, uh, yeah, it's just I just find that so like idiotic. He knows what he's doing and how much impact he has on the fandom, and he just chooses to do it over and over again. And then he goes, "I'm neutral. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I'm just a Star Wars fan. Nobody can hate me." And then he just goes back into his little chamber, and then once everyone criticizes him, he's like, "You guys are just toxic." It's like, how are we the toxic ones? You're the ones starting everything. God. I mean, I, 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 something I had to learn because I, I'm, I don't consider myself to be a large, uh, creator, but I, I do have some influence in the Star Wars community and I have to be aware of what happens when I say things because I've had people attack others on my behalf. And while I didn't tell them to do it and I could say I'm innocent, I, it's it's not okay, and by me not acting or not being aware of that, that, that can be problematic. So I, I think it's definitely an important thing to, to consider and remember. Um, and, and where can we find you? Or You're not creating content right now, huh? No, you have your YouTube. Go ahead. No, I am still creating content. I'm just, I'm just been busy with college lately, so I haven't really, as crazy, I've been mostly posting this, some Snyder Cut stuff, and I was just kind of breaking out some of the criticisms on that but mostly you can find me on tiktok Harris productions so it's just here th productions on twitter you can find me at harith edits i've been just mostly tweeting about the release the george lucas stuff because that's that's just infuriates me right now <laughs> there's so much more i could talk about but i'm just gonna leave it at that <laughs> release the corky kenobi cut right um yeah totally <laughs> uh uh, Julia, your your thoughts? Where can we find you? And uh, closing thoughts? And well, speaking what? of Corky Kenobi, if you want to join the Truthers, um, you can follow me on TikTok at Julia Christine seventy seven. Things have taken a wild, unpredictable turn, um, and if you want to see uh, my fan cast his head on Cal Kestis's Inquisitor uh, version body and be confused and, and wonder what terrible things are happening, that's there for you. Um, but, uh, you know, final, <laughs> final thoughts. I love Obatine with my whole heart. I'm so happy we got it in this, in this, uh, in this version, uh, in terms of things that need to be released, uh, Filoni, George is, he doesn't own it anymore. You can give us Corgi. He's con. He, there's nothing you can do about it. He's, he can't say no anymore, <laughs> you know? And I think it's just, you and you just, 
it's okay. It's time. Okay. So, um, beyond that, I would say the, 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 the Lucas stuff is fascinating. And I think they should go touch some grass because there are so many things. I mean, I think we all, you know, I love Star Wars and I love this community and I love being part of the fandom, but like, there's so many things we can give our energy and it's, there's only so many things we can give our energy and attention to in our lifetime. And I think it's, you know, figuring out what those are and what's important to you. And it's, it makes me sad when something like that really takes hold of people because it's just a whirl of, of negative negativity and disappointment. And it's really brings the whole fandom down. Um, but yeah, I guess that's, those are my, my final thoughts. All right. Beautiful. I, I love it. Uh, where, where I stand on the subject is um, all, all of these issues stem from a, a root cause, and that's people trying to invalidate others um, or in, in trying to invalidate a part of Star Force, whether they're, it's a character, whether it's the sequel trilogy or whether it's the fans of of such a thing. And as long once we get to the point where people are not actively trying to invalidate others, then all then the whole world opens up because I, I would like to see it myself, maybe as a comic or something like that. But right now I know it would only be used as a tool to try to invalidate fans more, more than, more than is already happening right now. Um, as a comic, you know, I, I mentioned this in the chat. We actually got The Star Wars. The Star Wars is a comic that's based off of George Lucas's original script. And it's weird. Um, <laughs> it's weird and great at, at the at the same time and terrible. It's, it's mostly bad, but it's great for, like, bad purposes, uh, if you understand what I'm saying. Um, I, I would like to see it, but, but again, I'm not going to support anything that's going to take us further from the goal of unity uh and right now with the snyder cut there are already people who are trying to boycott watching the batman um to try and send a signal to to warner brothers so we've already established that this is doesn't help fandoms it, it only flan, uh, fans flames of hatred so I, know, I think we really need to consider that uh, again I am curious to find out more about his treatment. Um, we have the the script writers and the concept artists that he hired to help have already released quite a bit of it. So we know, um, we know it's about a scavenger girl. Uh, her name is Kira. Uh, we know that she travels to the second Death Star's ruins, and that's where she finds a map that leads her to Luke Skywalker, who's a hermit because he uh, opened up a Jedi school and it was ruined by one of his students. Uh, the student had been um, turned to the dark side by Darth Talon, um, and that's why that student killed everyone and, and all this stuff. Um, so we do know it'll be different. Uh, also, it would go into the microbiotic universe, so people are making the Osmosis Jones uh, connection. I'm, I, don't, I don't even... I'm curious what that that means we're not ready for it yet the community can't handle it um and i think it's a bad idea for now but we will we'll see we shall see all right thank you guys so much for joining me here on the high ground podcast um 
awesome. I, I, I'm happy to have all of you guys on. I will be having you guys all back on again in the future. Um, and we, we'll talk about some, some awesome stuff. I, I know it. Uh, but yeah, with that, I will go ahead and wrap up and say, may the force be with you always. <laughs>